brutal reminder of my height compared to Oscar's. It was a short match week. In a happier note, welcome back to the Peak Too Early podcast. I'm your host, Blake Munchell, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Oscar Saywell. Oscar, how are you? Hello. Yes, the height discrepancy between us. It's not that bad compared to some of my friends, I've got to say. Um, I think you're selling yourself short there, Blake. Um, no? Okay. Uh, I'm well. <laughs> nice. It, it's been uh, very lovely weather here in Maryland. Although, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't like the warmth that much so um you know i've kind of been sweating my way around my daily walks but it's gonna be raining all day tomorrow so i guess i'm looking forward to that how are you yeah you'll feel much at home with the rainy Mm. weather yeah um yeah speaking of coming up short uh unfortunately the recap did not really go in my favor Mm, uh, or the, the predictions um yeah it was you know more winning for you, although you only gained one point. Two, right? yeah. uh, you guessed West Ham drawing with Arsenal and uh, Tottenham beating Villa, and I got Newcastle getting crushed by Brighton. Um, so you got a plus one, which brings you to plus seven overall, uh, which doesn't taste too great to me. So Not bad. I guess you know we'll have a, a couple of weeks now where you can rejuvenate and you'll come back with a vengeance. Yeah, I got, you know, two weeks about, or a week and a half to uh, come up with some new strategy on how I'm going to catch up on you. So, So, yeah, I'm excited today because it was a very short match week, so we'll just be, I mean, obviously we'll sort of recap the four matches that happened over the weekend and with specific specific, uh, detail on sorry Newcastle and slightly stuttering West Ham. But what we're going to do today is in anticipation of the international fixtures this over the next what week and a half, we're going to do our um, England Euro 2020 squads. And I'm sure there'll be some lively debate going on there, seeing as you hate most English players, which is very understandable. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. But um, shall we begin with just going over some of the fixtures? Where do you want to start? I think we got to go chronologically here. Right. Not a lot to talk about. No. Um, but yeah, starting off with uh, Fulham's uh, failed grasp yeah. um, at getting out of the relegation zone uh, with a 2-1 loss to Leeds mm. United. Yeah, did you watch this one? I did not watch this one, no. I I did. Oh, that's good. Go yeah. on. I was, you know, like a true Newcastle fan, you know, getting off on Newcastle's <laughs> misery. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, I guess, like in the end, it was a good result for Newcastle, so. Yeah, very, very um, good result for Newcastle, actually. Yeah. Um. Although, yeah, it was like a true Leeds dominance. The scoreline's a little flattering towards Fulham. Mm. Um, they scored twice within like 15 minutes. Um, both called off for offsides. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, it's um, the exact same thing that happened to us. Um, uh, when they played us, they scored twice in the opening 10. And I think I actually watched like 25 minutes of this match and I was thinking, uh-oh, Leeds, like it's going the same way as it did against us because obviously we eventually just beat them. Um, but... Yeah, it didn't happen this time. Yeah, quite the opposite. 
Um, it was a really boring start to this match, though. It was kind of like Fulham sitting off, letting themselves get dominated by leads. Um, and then, like, you could just feel it. It was going to happen. Like, Leeds took the lead through Patrick Bamford, um, who now, unfortunately, is injured and ruins any potential England call-up for the World Cup qualifiers. That's a shame. Um, it? Yeah. It is a shame because I think he deserved it over Ollie Watkins, yeah. but we'll yeah, get to I that later. Um, then uh, Joaquim Anderson, who you know I have criticized on this podcast, um, mm-hmm. and you have uh, praised, uh, he equalized uh, less than ten minutes later. Um, so it's just more examples of me continuing to eat my own tongue on this podcast. Um, and I wrote down in my notes from the 20th minute till halftime. Uh, it was a very fun wa- fun match to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. It was very open, both sides creating a lot of quality chances. Um, but mm-hmm. inevitably, after halftime, uh, Rafinha, who is being linked to like every major club right now, so uh, would s- yeah he would score, um, give them two one lead, which Leeds would not relinquish. Um, the sort of final 30 minutes of this match were marked by what I feel it might not have been a terrible decision, but in retrospect, it absolutely is. Um, Scott Parker bringing on Alexander Mitrovic and uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, mm-hmm. uh, both players playing absolutely horribly. Um, mm. RLC, because he was genuinely horrible, um, yeah. like passing to uh, the Leeds players, um, like failing tackles, everything. And then Mitro just walking around, um, which is disappointing because, you know, I love Mitrovic. Yeah, um, I don't know what, yeah, Mitrovic clearly doesn't, I think he, I think he might move on this summer because it's not, it's not going very well for him at Fulham at all. Um, yeah, well, he's out of favor in the starting lineup, um, which I think he's like, I mean, he's still young, but he's like a very, mentally shaken player um which like newcastle fans know really well because when he when things weren't going well for him he was like getting sent off for like violent conduct yeah um so yeah but uh despite all that uh leads didn't take their chances um and then it almost came back to bite them uh fulham nearly scoring on like uh two corners right in a row um right at the very end which you know leads they don't know how to deal with set pieces as they learned mm-hmm. from the West Ham match. Um, yeah, and then like in retrospect, yeah, like after this match, looking back, um, you would classify this as like a really poor second half from Fulham. Um, right, right. Leeds yeah. weren't taking their chances and Fulham are in a relegation scrap. And if they go down, they're going to look at this performance and say, and think this like, is what yeah. if we had done it? So. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. And I think. Yeah, I mean, Leeds have stabilized. I feel like I keep saying that, um, but Leeds have once again sort of stabilized. And now I think there was a period about mm, probably close to a month ago now, right, where we were sort of thinking, Leeds, like, what, they could com- self-combust. Like, is this Bielsa's, like, classic later season sort of self-destruction streak? And that's not happening anymore. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, a tough... A tough opponent but Fulham will be kicking themselves that they didn't at least like pick up a, a draw and now they, they've only you know they've picked up four points in the last five matches now 
which isn't exactly great, but obviously with the no form they have of seven the in their last five, them, um, it sort of keeps them within touching distance. Speaking speaking of the team slash teams right above them, um, it was a huge match, Brighton versus Newcastle, and unfortunately, the Magpies were on the end of a three nil. Can we call it a drubbing, honestly? Because that was you were really uh, poor. Absolutely. I mean, you would have seen the 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 uh, brute of it. Me messaging you in absolute despair. You were um, in despair. It, I don't know this kid for Brighton Moder. Um, oh, I'm yeah, assuming he's right? German, so it's like Moder. Um, uh, I know nothing about him, but mm-hmm. Jakub Moder. Yeah, he's Polish. Yeah, I thought he was Polish, um, yeah. 21 years old. Yeah, he's pretty old already. Uh, he uh, came out like a missile in this match. Um, mm-hmm. Brighton should have been 2-0 up within three minutes. Uh, he missed two. He missed an open goal at about 70 seconds in. And then uh, Welbeck squared the ball to him, and he missed again. Uh, all within the first three-ish four-ish minutes um yeah and it was like right from the start you knew what performance newcastle were going to bring out um it was so painful to watch i watched unfortunately all 105 minutes or so of this match um it i'm amazed brighton didn't score earlier um but they would open the scoring in stoppage time uh, of the first half uh, after an Isaac Hayden, what appears to be a dislocated knee. Um, Newcastle just after the, the ball stops and the other team has a chance to like think about what they're going to do. Like Newcastle always, yeah. always messes it up. Um, a Leander Trossard outside of the box curler uh, beats Dubravka. Questions asked on his goalkeeping there, as with all three goals. It was almost like three identical goals. Um, it was uh, Newcastle defenders sitting off, letting players drive at them. I don't know what we were doing. Um, it's one of the worst performances I've seen this season, and I've seen some like absolute howlers. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it's. I think it's very like indicative of a team um, and their motivation and whatnot um, to go into like a relegation six pointer, sit off, let the other team have seventy five percent possession, pass around you. Uh, you finish with zero shots on target. Um, I don't know how you can do that with nine matches left in the season, um, and it really worries like that's what's going to relegate us is just that the players simply do not care. Um, There's rumors of all kinds of stuff in the Newcastle camp right now. Um, Like seven or so players who uh, have met with our director of football um, talking about letting Bruce go. Um, The club hierarchy has said they're going to back Bruce till the end of the season. Um, the most interesting story is, uh, Steve Bruce received a phone call like right after, like while they were still in the locker room and supposedly players thought that was the phone call that he got sacked with. Um, and then we're very surprised to learn that it was actually the phone call 
of the director of football telling Bruce that he's back till the end of the season. So um, I, it's like pretty obvious which players, um, you know, are going behind Bruce's back. It's uh, the Longstaff brothers, Andy Carroll, Dwight Gale, um, Jamal Lascelles, and Miguel Almiron. Um, I mean, which are, you know, some of our most important players. So, I, my goodness, I pray we sack him. We have two weeks till our next match. Why not sack him now? Let a manager get two weeks. Who would you practice yeah, who would you and get in? Sam Marco Silva? He's free, right? Yeah. Uh, is he in China? Uh, I, I don't know. Nope. Nope. He's, he's free. Marco Silva, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I really don't know what, what you would do. Who yeah, I got to pull up a, a list of uh, getting Chris Wilder managers who are. Oh, yeah, I'll take Chris Wilder never right now. Although, why? Yeah, why would he come here? He's going to he's going to waltz into a much. Cushier job than Newcastle. That's the thing. You're like you're basically oh. a poison chalice right now, right? I mean, yeah, Rafa Benitez is free right now. Rafa, oh, he'd never come back under yeah. Mike Ashley, though. There's no way. Yeah, I don't think so. So is uh, Warren Barton, our ex uh, right back. Um, he, someone asked him on Twitter if he would take the Newcastle job right now, and he said, like, in a heartbeat. Oh, wow, um, really? Yeah, well, he's managing here in the U.S., so. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Well... Yeah. More, another week, another week of Newcastle misery, unfortunately. It's kind of sad. Um, yeah. But I guess that's moving on. Do you want to touch on Aston Villa Tottenham before I go talk about West Ham? Or... I, yeah, I mean, I, um, yeah. Go ahead. I thought it was an interesting match. It was kind of people questioning what Spurs are going to do. Um, like in response to a very bad few matches. Yeah. Um, there's, of course, Europa League um, hilarity uh, and, you know, everything else that's going on with, uh, like, their loss to Arsenal, um, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah. And they recapped this off by not complete dominance. Um, Villa had some decent chances and everything, but it all started off with. Uh, uh, the man who's been so good for Villa, um, Emmy Martinez, making a mistake, uh, which kind of not gifted because, I mean, Spurs still did well to make the chance out of it. But it's Emmy Martinez trying to play sweeper keeper, um, a poor pass, and then Mora to Kane to Mora and Vinicius Carlos. Carlos Vinicius? Carlos Vinicius, yeah. Vin- Carlos Vinicius uh, getting his first Premier League goal, uh, yeah, which he looked very relieved. Yeah, yeah, the Mbappe. I thought it was yeah. great. And then um, he and screamed at the at the air. Um, yeah, he looked very angry. Uh, yeah, fr- yeah, frustration at himself, kind I mean, of. He's got six in nine in the Europa League, right? So he can, he clearly has a nose for the for the net, but um, he's only been given eight games in in the Premier League the whole season, which is crazy. And eight matches he's appeared in, not eight. Yeah, he has The actual appearances. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, 
And then, yeah, I thought the the second goal, um, it's cool to talk about because it was kind of uh, Matty Cash clearing out Kane when the ball had already gone out of play. Yeah. Um, but I, I won't slate Matty Cash too hard because it, it's more about how class Harry Kane is. Um, yeah, he, like, he like looks, he's such a yeah he's such a creative player um it's like so dangerous both passing and shooting that medicash kind of has to make that challenge um because right. I mean, harry kane well, is so good you don't know that ball is going to go out of play so i think harry kane definitely so harry kane manufactured it right that's what he does is that he and i actually heard someone sort of comparing him to luis suarez and saying like look harry kane is like he knows the dark arts like other than the biting he does exactly what Luis Suarez does which is like you know he he looks for the fouls and he also does that thing we discussed before where he like will purposely like draw contact or do things that are pretty dangerous yeah back into players yeah and this wasn't dangerous at all this was just probably smart right but it's the type of thing that doesn't you know you you have these I mean a lot of people in England in English English footballing culture people don't like it right they think oh you shouldn't like be looking to get contact to go down because he sort of like changes direction and that's why Matty Cash has like makes the challenge or whatever. So yeah, um I just I guess I don't like Lucas Mora because he's a Bolsonaro supporter, but he was really good in this game. Um and I thought that the link up actually between him and Vinicius uh was pretty I don't know, I I I mean exciting. Not I don't really care enough for it to be exciting, but it looked very sharp. And um, yeah, I don't know. Tottenham, uh, what it's just a, I mean, it's been a strange season, but Tottenham uh, under Mourinho, it was just never going to work, right? And clearly it's just, there's no future in this pairing. Yeah. Yeah, no. We, I, I don't know what to make of Spurs. No. Um, no just it, this match, Villa weren't, terrible but no they weren't great so no that's kind of my overarching opinion well they got two weeks off now so all right let's get on to uh west ham united three arsenal three this was probably the it was the game of the weekend um because it was a bonkers match and one that kind of broke my heart as a west ham fan to be a west ham fan is to know that stuff like this happens. I just thought that we kind of banished it this season. Um, so for those of you who don't know, West Ham went up 3-0 in 32 minutes. Um, Jesse Lingard opened the scoring with, I mean, oh my, I mean, what a ridiculous goal. Sort of like guiding it on the half volley into the top corner of the net from just outside the box. Um once again, Jesse Lingard, I mean, like running the show and he just got an England call up and absolutely completely deserved. Um, he was so good in this game. Again, I don't understand how the main thing is that he, I just don't understand how he's so fit. It's, it's genuinely ridiculous. Like he, it's like he, he plays 90 minutes with ease and he hasn't played football in like 18 months. It's, it's quite astonishing. I never saw this coming in a million years. Um, and then two minutes after that, Jared Bowen put the ball in the back of the net from, a, again, a clever piece of play from Jesse Lingard because we got a free kick and he essentially just took it really quickly. And Arsenal, I mean, it was terrible from Arsenal. They were completely switched off. Um, the defenders were just standing there and Jared Bowen slipped through and just put it through 
um uh oh my god what's his name leno's uh legs. Leno. and it was dreamland um, we would tune up um yeah, yeah interject go i do have yeah something to say about the the second goal despite the mm. entire arsenal defense napping uh yeah it's like truly horrendous from yeah. leno, Len- leno should say that. he yeah, wasn't is. napping He's watching the entire time and then somehow gets beat at his near post. I think, um, I think he was just so shocked that it was happening, though, kind of. You know, I mean, like, it must be pretty weird, right? When you're th- maybe half in his mind, he was thinking, oh, this won't stand. And then it just goes through his legs. I don't know. It was it was actually a pretty lucky goal, but whatever. Um, and then 32 minutes in, Thomas Soshek technically gets the goal. Antonio actually, I mean, he deserved it, but Soshek, uh poked it uh past barely the goalkeeper barely um antonio everyone is sort of he didn't celebrate and no one can really figure out whether it's because he thought it that sojek was offside or he was simply mad that i don't i mean he was annoyed that sojek scored it instead of him because he's been pretty desperate for goals recently um so yeah i I don't know I, i mean there's nothing really in it i just think he that uh, Antonio thought he was offside. But anyway, almost immediately after the third goal went in, West Ham basically collectively thought, uh, what the fuck is happening? We're 3-0 up against Arsenal and promptly started to sit deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, And only seven minutes later, uh, the pressure had been piling on and um, Alex Zakazet like pivots and shoots and it technically is a Thomas Soja own goal. Um, it was, I mean, yeah, it was going off target, but it was a good move from Lacazette. And, um, from then on, literally it was, it was hell. I, I stopped watching because I was convinced we were going to lose from three nil up. Um, I, I mean, it was astonishing. It was like, it was almost like West Ham were playing with nine men and Arsenal were just, it was just wave after wave after wave. And we were doing nothing to counteract it um craig dawson own goal second week in a row so we scored two own goals in this match um this one was i mean it's just kind of unfortunate where it's like he i mean it would have gone in because he has to he has to clear it but he just clears it into his own net from a (laughs) callum chambers cross callum chambers by the way who got back from an ac another like another acl or whatever he's had very good in this match it's hard to come back from an acl injury and he he was he was just looking sharp, which kind of surprised me, I guess. Um, I completely forgot he even existed, to be honest with you. And then, um, yeah, we were holding out barely after that Craig Dawson goal, and then Alex Zakazet put one in in the 82nd minute. I didn't even see that because I was convinced we were going to lose 4-3. Um, honestly, thank God we didn't because that would have been... I mean, this was already embarrassing. It would have been even more embarrassing if we had lost. So dis- I'm disappointed. No team should let a 3-0 lead slip like that, but I don't know. I guess it was just one step too far for us. I mean, you're still in fifth place. I know, we but have... we should have beat them. We're, we're better than Arsenal this season. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, we... <sighs> it's just it's just embarrassing. This one stings more because it's a, it's a derby. It's a London derby and... You don't, you know, it was it was hilarious. We were beating him three 0 in half an hour, and then we let ourselves go, and that kind of just pissed me off. But I mean, it, yeah, at it's, least uh, we're not getting relegated. 
So hmm. there you go. Uh, yeah, a, a top six side underestimating a mid table side who yeah, nicks a basically. point off them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, still, still ahead of Tottenham. So oh well. Yeah, yeah. It was a shame too because we would have gone level on points, if not goal difference, to Chelsea in fourth. And yeah, it just felt like you know, like you're three 0 up. Like don't don't throw it away. But anyway, that's that. And yeah, we'll go again. Yeah, kind of a you know tossing it back to Villa Newcastle, um, mm. like overcoming a three point lead, uh, three point deficit is like. Uh, a whole it's like i'm trying to think of the word to describe it. like you're down so deep and you like it's such you like so euphoric to overcome yeah. three nil but giving up the three nil lead yeah is it's like worse than a loss um oh yeah you're like i'd rather have lost two one than have to had a three zero lead and then blew it um so yeah. you're right you're right yeah I'm I'm sorry. I I think I texted you at three zero, and I was like, "This is hilarious." Um, I mean, you could and I for sure. Yeah, I jinxed you guys, and no, we jinxed ourselves. Look, if I think we would have probably held on if we had gone in at halftime three 0 down, but as soon as they got a goal back, it was like, yeah. And I guess we also have to shout out. I mean, I don't think you watched this game, but um, Martin Odegaard was uh, amazing. Um, so even when they were even when we were battering them he was their only outlet and then he basically manufactured the comeback so um what a great player you know what i really hope he doesn't join arsenal because arsenal don't deserve a, a gem like him i just want to just go to real sociedad and just ball out at real sociedad for a few years you know just play beautiful football live in an incredible city what a time that would be you know don't go to arsenal Arsenal don't deserve you, Martin. That's my two cents anyway. All right. Yeah, Shall listener we? of the pod. Uh, yeah, Martin. Please, <laughs> like, mate, I'm just telling you, like, Pog's host to Wonder Kid. Don't move to Arsenal. Okay. Shall we get into the 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 new segment of the pod? This I'm very excited for. Yeah. It's our Euro 2020. Right after... Right after... Right after uh, yeah, we put Craig down for it now. Oh, Craig to sleep, yeah. Bye, Craig. So, Oscar Saywell, let's jump into the Wayback Machine. Uh, jump back to 2007, uh, you dreaming of England call-ups, and uh, go over what we think will happen in the 2021-2020 uh, Euros. Do it, yeah. We picked a 3-4-3 formation which is pretty Southgate-esque. He's favored that in recent times. And we are doing players that we want to see at the Euros slash we think deserve to be at the Euros. And as always, Blake is probably doing it more intellectually than I am with stats. And I am doing it based on gut feelings. So let's get into it. Let's <laughs> do it one for one. Blake, who did you pick for goalkeeper? Yeah, I, I explained this to Oscar, but I didn't really pick a starting eleven. Um, I did my two goalkeepers, my four central defenders, et cetera, et cetera, um, to make up the eighteen-man squad. So I don't really have a starting and a non-starting, but I do for my goalkeeper. Um, I think handedly, no matter which way you look at him in terms of 
like absolute saves, save percentage, uh, expected goals conceded, crosses claimed, uh, sweeper keeper stats. In every way, Nick Pope is the best English goalkeeper in the world right now. Easily. So. I also have Nick Pope. Um, pretty easy. Yeah, just an easy selection for me. I think, as always, Gareth Southgate will probably go with Jordan Pickford. He loves him. Um, to be fair to Pickford, he has been weirdly good for England. Um, hasn't made in a big match like the howlers that he regularly makes at Everton. But you have to think, like, how long is that going to last? Um, yeah, as you say, Pope, one of the best goalies in the league, never mind English goalies. And Pickford, one of the worst goalies in the league, never mind English goalies. So, um, yeah, there we go. Um, Let's go your right center back, Blake. Or I don't know. How do you want to do it? Do you want to say okay. all three uh, no, of no. center backs? I, yeah. I can do it that way. Um, I'll, I'll go playing on the right of my back three. Uh-huh. I would go Kyle Walker. Oh, me too. Hey. Yeah. Because, so I mean, a right back that now has started to play more in that right center back role um, as time. he's gotten older. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just as physical as he's ever been. Um, yeah, somehow. But more defensively sound. Um, yeah, he's a player who, like, I thought Man City made a mistake when he went from Tottenham to Man City. No, um, he's proved us wrong, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. What an unreal player. Yeah, and I think he's had an up and down year. Guardiola's rotated fairly heavily at the at the fullback like birth as he sort of usually does just because there's so many of them um he's made 20 appearances in the league which is i mean yeah it's like a good amount but not all of those are start starts um you know i think he's shown a real versatility at center back and i think with the two other players that i have in my back three his pace is genuinely needed so uh yeah that's why i've gone for him basically interesting yeah, that makes me wonder about who you have because my two other center backs, one of who is like slow as a brick, so I'm pretty sure we both have him in common. But the other I one, so. I wouldn't call him slow no, yeah, per se. I feel like we have the exact same players. Um, yeah, Do you want to go center center back? Isn't that slow? But he he's playing on the opposite flank. So, and actually, my my like right wing back slash right mid is slow. So that's what I was thinking. Okay. Well. Um, Okay. Go your, Interesting. Go your center back. Yeah. My central center back is Harry Maguire. Even yeah, though I don't rate him. No. Yeah. I don't I'm think he's very good. I thought you wouldn't go for Harry Maguire. I have the feeling we have I, the exact same back line, actually. Yeah. This is my uh, like. He's gonna. I like. I think he's going to be the starting central oh, center will. back. One hundred percent. And play, depending so no on way. injury, maybe the captain in this team um although uh, without spoiling ahead i think a a certain central midfielder will get the Mm -hmm. captain unless he's still injured um and then a certain striker would get it and then if not him then potentially harry Maguire would captain england i think i mean Um, he's one of these players that like when he's exposed he looks rubbish because he's unwieldy and slow but when he, I mean, but he's very he's very competent when he's on form, and he can bring the ball out from the back. That's why managers in this modern game love him because he 
surges forward. Good passer as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, I, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about this more when we talk about our bench. But my left center back, who I think we might, I'm unsure if we have the same player or not. Um, I have John Stones. Yeah, me too. Yep. Interesting. Um, I don't think of him as very slow. He's not. He's not rapid. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely not. Yeah, rapid. I agree. Uh, but yeah, no, he's not super slow by any means. Uh, I pick John Stones because I think he. I mean, his resurgence has been amazing, but I think he, he's. I mean, I the best English centre back in the league this season. Esri Cons has been yes. very good as well. But I mean, in ho- I mean, he's played high profile matches, right? So, um, he deserves he deserves to be there based on form. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, Ooh, identical is, uh, back four. Yeah, this is very surprising to me so far. Um, I'm very. Yeah, I was expecting to. Yeah, uh, I was expecting to have to break out stats um, on, you know, who the best is. Um, so, I by far the best goalkeeper in, or sorry, center back in the league this season has been John Stones. Um, oh, okay. If you doubt, I know you don't doubt me, but if you did, I had stats to back it up. He's only, um, so, but that's interesting. I mean, he's only played, what, 18 times? So he's played a lot less than some other, like, for example, like Lewis Dunk has played like 30 games, right? Like, so that's, yes, you know, but, and also John Stones plays in a formidable side. So it's sort of like easier to slot in, but, you know, I think, yeah. He he yeah. he it's a cliche but he's one of those players that when he's on form he's like a Rolls-Royce of a center back, right? Where it's like because he's he's a he's an adept passer, he's quite I mean he's not like a he's not a bruiser. So I mean like you say he's he's like decent, he can cover ground decently and he can also bring the ball out, he can play uh with the ball. You know, that's that's sort of he he seems yeah, he's, he's quite slick, quite a slick center back, I would say. Yeah, uh, interesting that you brought up Lewis Dunk. Maybe he'll return to this conversation oh, uh, in a little you, bit. You, uh, <laughs> let's move on to our, our wingbacks um, yeah. in this formation. I'm only bringing three along because bring three along. Uh, I think you can do some interesting things with some, some yeah. midfielders. I'm bringing, I think this. four? Yeah, four. But... Um, I guess because I think I have two on the bench there. But uh, tell me, who's your left wing back? I think we have the same again. My, my left wing back, I'm bringing Aaron Juan Visaka and starting him Ooh, on the left. Left wing back? Wow. Really? Wow. At left wing back. So I, I'll tell you who I have on the bench because this might be who you have. I have Bukayo Saka on the bench. Uh, I have Saka on the bench, but I. But I, I mean, oh. you don't have Luke Shaw at left at left wing back. Luke Shaw will. No, I do not have Luke Shaw in this squad. I'm not even no, bringing him. No. That's that's genuinely insane. He he will walk into that team. He's been like the best fullback in the league season. What do you mean you don't have him in the squad? What do you mean? Wait, okay, this is. I detest first, like, Luke Shaw. This is this makes no. Hey, we're sense. talking about who. We're this talking makes- about who I'm bringing to England. Oh, I know, I know. I'm but not bringing Luke Shaw. Season, he's been like unstoppable. 
I'm not bringing a man with three months of decent form, uh, no. you know, to the most no, important English tournament that exists. He he will be. He's one of the first names on the on the team sheet. I reckon this season. Yeah, maybe for the World Cup squad. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, okay, no go. Tell me, Aaron Rambasaka out of position. Never been called up, right? Never, never even made a squad. Well, right. Yeah, right now he's considering a the a DR Congo call up. I know. Uh, yeah, which I think would be insane. I don't know, man. I mean, just look at the. I mean, he's a natural right back. Look at the right backs we have in this squad in the England squad. It's just astonishing. Oh uh, no, I, I left some right backs home as well. Yeah, um, I know. So okay, yeah. Tell know, me. I'm getting tell controversial me. at wing back. Why are you playing him? Why are you playing him out of position? And why do you think because so essential that you're like calling him up? I'm playing well. One, I like Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Um Me too. I oh think he's God, a really good, good player. Um, I also I thought there is a better player to play on the right um, as a right wing back for England. Um, so that's who I'm calling up on the right, and Wan-Bissaka essentially because he's so good you can't leave him out of the squad. Um, plus, I'm pretty sure he's played on the left for. Man, you before? So. I don't know. Maybe barely. He's definitely a he's definitely a right a right sided player. Um. Uh. Yeah. Wow. And that. So yeah. First shocking one for me, to be honest with you. Um. I think Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw has to on form. I I'm not buying your three month thing. He's he's been one of the best fullbacks in the league this season in a pretty like inconsistently dysfunctional man U side um i think especially because we're playing three at the back uh that his attacking prowess is something that i like um i really like the way he's been driving at defenses this season and then also um he can rotate in and out with a center back he's also played he, he knows how to play with a back three basically is what i'm trying to say so yeah that's why i have luke shaw there Luke Shaw would, would, along with certain unnamed strikers, would be one of the first players on the team sheet because you're not putting Ben Chilwell ahead of him. And Saka, you're not, Agreed. not putting the burden on a 19-year-old kid, however good he is, who also like shouldn't really be playing defensively because that's he, he's much better like at, in like an attacking midfield role, never mind, like out wide at a wing-back role. Anyway, okay. Surprising, but that's that's why we're doing this. I like that. Um, I would not be mad at that if I was an England fan watching it happen. Let's go. Do you want to go the other wing back? How do you want to do it? Yeah, let's go other wing back. Uh, I see this, who this for me pushed Juan Basaka over to the left. Yeah, this. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. Go. Uh, starting at right wing back for the England squad, I have. Uh, you know, my boy, someone I've always rated. I thought it's a absolute shock and a travesty at how he was treated. Uh, yeah. James Tavernier, uh, yeah. starting right wing back for England. James Tavernier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just sort of a shame that he, I feel like if he, I don't know. I mean, 
he's been like insane for Rangers this season. I think it's something like almost 20, is it 20 goal involvements in 29 appearances from fullback? Yes. Yeah. And like five goals in the Europa League or something stupid. Like what the hell is he playing at? Um, he's incredible. so good for Rangers. He's so good. He's so good. Newcastle should never have let him go. It's a shame. Yeah. Um, since, yeah, well, I mean, I guess he sparked a life since moving to Rangers, but yeah, I mean, it is, it's quite a story for him because he was never really doing anything. He went on so many loans from Newcastle, like seven loans or something over the course of the five years he was with you. And then he went to Wigan and barely played for them. And then like Bristol or something. And now Rangers since 2015. And he's got this like crazy goal scoring. I mean, he's basically too good for the SBFL. Um, but yeah. there he is. Rangers captain, title. 200 yeah. appearances. I mean, look, in the in his first season there, he got 17 assists and 10 goals in what, in the first season he was there. Like, what the hell is he playing at? Um, I like that shout, Blake. That's great. Uncapped, um, obviously. Uh, never even been capped by, like, under, like, youth teams, um, which is quite something. Do you want to know who I have? I think maybe you'll be a kind of annoyed at me for this but i think it's i think it might actually uh happen i have kieran trippier right wing back um i was thinking about bringing him in my squad right Um, right so i think not only will south i think he'll probably start i think there's no there's probably no other endorsement no better endorsement than diego simeone like be like him being the first name on atletico madrid's team sheet so crucial to this title challenging side in Spain that like he got this 10 week ban for this betting scandal, whatever. And um, he went straight back in despite Simeone said like he'd barely trained because he'd picked up an injury or something. He went straight back into the side after that 10 week ban um, with like no training. That's how crucial he is to the Atletico side. And I think he's had this like a pretty cool resurgence in Spain. I really like to see it. Um, like who, like a guy from Burnley is like, you know, playing in madrid for diego simeone it's fantastic stuff um but, uh, i'm putting in the over the likes of reese james who i've brought along he's on the bench um just because i think i guess the experience and in the world cup carrying trip is very good obviously very good offset pieces as well but yeah that's that was my line that was yeah. my thinking yeah i won't be uh you know too upset uh, with that pick, I think it's a a decent shout. Um, and we're yeah. actually going to take a, a second break because I think okay. Craig is having a few difficulties. So I'm going to go back and fix them really quickly. Oh, no. Okay, uh, Craig is back and we are back. And we're going to get into the two midfielders. Um, or I guess, I mean, maybe you'll have m- three midfielders if you're playing like a two up top kind of thing with the four, with the three, four, three. But um, yeah, I'm going to go my right-sided central midfielder is uh, my main man, Declan Rice. I think that's who I would put there. I'm obsessed with him, obviously, because I am a West Ham fan. And um, yeah, I think... I think there's a, I mean, he can do everything. Um, I think slowly people are starting to understand that more. Um, I didn't mention it, but like that Maisie Maradona dribble, you know, in the Arsenal game, uh, um, he, he can put the ball without the ball. 
Um, he gives a lot to a team, and I think he's super mature as well um, in his sort of like management of a game. Always improving. Um, very impressive player, and I think I think yeah, I think he'll he'll definitely have a chance of playing in this Euros consistently. Yeah, um, this was a a hard midfield for me to pick. Right. Um, so like sticking with the three four three. I think I'm going to have to pick... So, like, I, I have to pick two. And yeah. so I'd want one defensive-minded player and one more attacking-minded player. Mm. Um, and then injuries throw this whole other wrench into this. Um, so my right-sided central midfielder, um, I'm going for a guy who uh, picked England not because he was born there, because he was actually born in hell. Um I have Jordan Henderson. Oh my god. Harsh. Yeah, no, I have Jordan Henderson as my other midfielder actually. So I've gone for a pretty defensively minded uh midfield two, but I think that both of these players can be coached to go further up the pitch. So that's sort of my thinking. Um Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah so we both um, have Henderson. So who's your other? Unless you want to tell me why you picked Henderson. Uh, no, I think it's pretty obvious why I picked Henderson. I mean, England captain. Um, For sure. Yeah. yeah, by choice, not by birth. Um, but uh, is James Madison going to be healthy by the I Euros? I think so. Also, Gareth Southgate definitely he... doesn't like him, so I don't, I don't think he's going to go. Once again, this is uh, if I were manager of England. I know, so, I know. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I, I can't, just can't stop can't stop thinking about it i'm sorry yeah jimmy mads um i'll leave him at home because he's uh injured uh so in replace of him i'm bringing the boy wonder phil foden playing yeah. as like a halfway between a central midfielder and a central attacking midfielder in this lineup yeah sorry i did not mean to shout i didn't i did that without thinking i'm not trying to shout your your down. you can pick whoever you want i just uh I'm 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 genuinely obviously more invested in the like realities of this prospective squad because this is the England Euro. So I keep thinking like, oh, Gareth Southgate doesn't like this player. Um, yeah, you are you're, you're more than forgiven. I just like pe- uh, messing with you. Um, well, could, could I? So I have Foden definitely taking Foden on the bench. So do you think that? Would you be worried that like that midfield two just wouldn't work? Because Foden's played like basically as a left winger this season. And like, do we know how good he is? Like, you know, it, do we know how good he is over more box to box? Because I'm thinking Rice and Henderson as my two will be like these box to box players. I guess you can sort of say like, would Foden be more of an eight for you where he's like trying to, he's taking the ball from deep and surging forward? Yeah, so I kind of had like Foden as the like forward fulcrum, right. uh, kind of playing in my attacking three. Um, and then you have the defensiveness of Henderson being able to cover. Um, I don't know. Once again, you know, I'm not a professional manager. I just I manage an intramural team, uh, and we have some pretty shocking tactics 95% of the time. So, uh, I would more I'd I think the thing is like Foden is so quality 
that, I kind of have to put him in my squad. And looking at the other players I'm bringing, Mason Mount, this is like a poor man's Phil Foden. Um, Jesse Lingard's, uh, you know, a poor man's Mason Mount. Uh, so I didn't know who else I was going to stick in there in the midfield. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree with I agree with the with those picks. Um, three. I'm interested. I'm interested. Please, go, enlighten me. Oh, I'll say, um, you know, on my bench. Um, all right, I guess I'm getting to the bench later. Um, all right, all right my attacking three. Uh, let's start with striker because I think it's the most. It's easy. It's... Actually, I think we probably both said the same front three. Uh, re- oh, mm, okay, 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 okay. Do you want to just say? So I'll just say my front three. Yeah, there you go. Um, I have Raheem Sterling on the left, mm-hmm. Harry Kane in the middle, and Marcus Rashford on the right. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I have the exact same. Um, I thought maybe you go for Sancho, but no, that, I think nope. I think that on my bench. Yeah, same. That's the front three. Um, that's a terrifying front three, frankly. Um, yeah. So I think I think it's pretty self-explanatory, right? Um, Nothing more to add. That's three of the yeah. Best how do you pick in the world? Anyone other than those three? You don't. The real question. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. The real question with attackers in England is like, who's on your bench? Um, yeah. Okay. So then let's go through the attackers on your bench then, because I have okay. I have one, two. We already talked about Foden. I have a ba- and I have a backup striker or two. I think I picked a twenty-three in the end, just because I couldn't help myself. So let's go through, hmm. like, who, who, who do you have on the bench that could be classed as an attacker? So I have, yeah, so I have the 18, um, so I don't have the reserves. Uh, but I have Jaden Sancho um, yep. can play on the right or the left. Um, yeah. And I have Jamie Vardy, despite uh, oh, nice. pretty sure he's retired for England. Um, yeah. I'm bringing him, I'm pulling him out of retirement. No, I would too. Don't worry about it. And that's it. Yeah, no, that, that's all my right? attackers. No, uh, he's in my reserves. Oh, oh, you meant? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Okay, I didn't do it like that because I'm not smart like that. Well, I... yeah, so I only picked 18, so I I don't have like I didn't even write down my other picks. Okay, okay. Um, so I. In, okay, I just like, did a whole squad kind of thing. So I, I have a fair few attackers, actually, because I have Grealish there, too, on the bench slash in just the squad. Dominic Cabot-Lewin. Um, I have Sancho, obviously. Um, and I also put, like, Paddy Bandit down there as well. Um, I have Saka on the bench. I think he deserves to go. Who's your backup goalie? Uh, I am bringing along Sam Johnston. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he deserves it. I rec- well, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you always have that thing about like relegated team goalies. But I mean, as a backup, I actually have Dean Henderson, even though I, he's arrogant. But I think he's legitimately a good goalkeeper. So I'm just bringing him along. Yeah. The, the thing about the goalkeeper is like, I'm not going to bring a goalkeeper who doesn't start for his own team yeah yeah okay yeah I, to that's, start that's, for the nation yeah 
Yeah. No, I, that's, um, that's unless it's, yeah, like a, yeah, Barbados and he's like a backup goalkeeper in yeah. League One. Yeah, um, yeah, then he can start, but no Carl Darlow. Come on. I thought about Carl Darlow. Um, but him getting dropped for Newcastle is definitely like, like his England hype has passed. Maybe he should get called up for Wales instead. Um, okay. I wanted to say that I am also bringing along Mason Mount. Um, I wanted to throw that in there because I think he is excellent, especially off the bench. He'll yep. give like energy. And um, also Reese James. He's on my bench. Reece nope, James. left him home. James. Left him home, big. Yeah. Who else is on your bench? Not even making my squad. Because I have... Um, I on so my central defender um on the bench I'm bringing Lewis Dunk um oh, yeah. yeah experience class um statistically you know he holds up um uh and then in my reserves I'm bringing along James Tarkovsky uh he is my like for like Harry Maguire replacement um. Mm. He's that like no nonsense. If you surround him with good players, he looks really good. If he's on an island, he looks like trash. Um, uh, the statistics show that uh, James Tarkovsky is like a great last ditch defender, um, which I think could fit in an England squad um, where he's like the one that is never pushing forward. Um, and he's kind of your last ditch kind of guy. Um, my wing back on the bench, Bukayo Saka. Um, don't need to say anything else. Nope. Um, I've got Mason Mount on the bench. Uh, Jay Ling's on the bench. Yeah. Jay um, Ling. and then my final bench player, um, other than Vardy and Sancho. Uh, it's a hard thing for me. Um, Isaac Hayden. Uh, pre-injury. Uh. Over Declan Rice, because I think what Isaac the... Hayden is a better player than Declan Rice. Oh, God. Blake, what is that? Um, no. And Jack Grealish. Um, yeah, just, I can't take you seriously when you're taking Isaac Hayden over Declan Rice. What is what? No. Uh, Declan Rice is better going forward, but Isaac Hayden is better going backwards. Declan Rice is better than Isaac Hayden in every single aspect of football imaginable. Listen, they both came from the Arsenal Academy. Uh, they have had very different walks of life on this planet. Uh, I watch Isaac Hayden week in, week out. You watch Declan Rice week yeah. in, week out. Rice never... Rice Isaac Hayden is... Not, not the uh, Arsenal Academy. Oh, sorry. London. London, London Tings. Yeah. Um, I think Isaac Hayden is genuinely wasting his career at Newcastle. Um, I, I think Isaac Hayden's a great player. I think... You can't compare him to Declan Rice. Uh, I think you're a little biased. Are you... Are you... You're surely leaving... Are you... you do you genuinely believe that Declan Rice shouldn't be even on the plane? Like, what? Who? Declan Rice. Oh, no. Declan Rice is coming with me. Okay. He's just on my uh, reserve. He's a, he's the nineteenth player. 
Hey, that makes no sense, though, Blake. Are you do you're doing this to spite me 100? You can't. You, you cannot genuinely believe this. Makes no sense. You 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 follow the stats. Like you can't. You can't. What? Like how? Listen, my heart of hearts no, says. No. I don't care what your heart of hearts says. You, you, you should be starting Declan Rice. Never mind his being the 19th player. Also, did Isaac so, I, choose Jamaica yet? Or no? No. Oh. No. Um, Isaac Hayden plays in the most backwards, uncreative system in the Premier League. A system worse than Burnley. And he still looks class. Um, That's a stretch. Declan Rice, he's okay, but every time he plays Newcastle, he looks like shit. So that's just so dumb. It's just like just the worst take ever, to be honest. That's the worst. I will say I have a huge, I have a huge smile on my face as I'm saying all this. You're grinning like a Cheshire cat. It's the worst hot take I've ever heard in my life. But all right, I have to respect your opinion. <sighs> well, yeah, I would guess this is why I'm not England manager. Yeah, I guess so. I, that rounds it off. That I mean, I would probably drop. Sorry, yeah. Who drop? I would. I would drop Jordan Henderson uh, if I was England manager. Probably. Um, so. Um, yeah. What the hell? I can't believe you've put Jordan Henderson in your starting lineup, and you hate him, and you won't even put deck. Okay. Um. Yeah, I got to balance what I want versus what I think is going to happen. All right. That's enough for me, I think. I I'm done with that. That that rounds it off. Let's do um let's do our questions quick and then cause I have to keep writing my this, which is the bane of my existence. Yep. Right now. All right. All right, talking Where about you? banes of your existence, I've uh <laughs> I've got some tough questions for you. Um my first should be a pretty easy one. Um okay. He started off uh, his career uh, with Linzer in Austria, also known as LASK, um, L-A-S-K, before moving to Köln in Germany, uh, before his big money move to Tottenham Hotspur, where he was tragic, just an awful, awful player. Um, He then, in 2017, moved to Stoke, where he's bounced around on loan. Can you tell me where one... Kevin Vimmer is. I can't. I have no idea where he is. Um, absolutely zero clue. So please tell me. He's at Karlsruhe uh, in the Zwei Bundesliga. Um, and he doesn't even play for them. Um, he's like on their bench. Oh so God. what a fall from grace. That's yeah. Great. Wow. Yeah, insane. He, you know, his first start for Tottenham was against Real Madrid. He was terrible for Tottenham. I remember him so bad. He should just go back to Lask. Yeah, they're good. They're a good club. They have a decent club. Okay. Well. Okay. More, more depressing ex wonder kids. Please continue. Yeah. Um, I have some questions for you now. Um, they're statistics related, um, Ooh. or stats related, not statistics. Um, what outfield player 
uh, has the lowest pass completion percentage in the Premier League. Oh. I'll give you a hint because it's the entire Premier League. I have, he has featured in my five questions before, twice. The worst, he's featured twice in it. The yep. worst in the whole league. The worst in the league. Uh, I have another hint for you if you need it. Okay, yeah. It's the same player who leads the league in aerial duels one per game. Thomas Soshek. No. Do you think Thomas Suchek's pass completion is the lowest in the Premier League? He's genuinely horrible. No. Okay, then who is it? He's much better than this player. Ollie McBurney. Oh, yeah. With a putrid... 57.7%. 57.7%. What a um, terrible. Just ahead of Christian Benteke. Um, so, yeah, wow. crazy. I saw that stat. I was like, how? 50%? Okay. You could do that in the Premier League. Um, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> okay. Um, Next is, uh, I saw who scored has some referee statistics. Oh, I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is isn't interesting. Okay. Uh, what referee leads the league? But essentially, who calls the most fouls per match? Mike Dean. No, Mike oh. Dean is mid table. Wow. Um, I was amazed. Uh, it's Paul Tierney. Paul Tierney. Which really? I'm not. Totally surprised by. Yeah, he's. But I was surprised that Mike Dean was mid table because I was like, I know you're going to ask Mike Dean or guess Mike Dean. Um, and also surprisingly, Martin Atkinson is oh, the man. fewest fouls called per game. Martin Atkinson, I've um, always loved him. I think he's one of the best referees. He's very old. Yeah. <laughs> he's 49. Okay. And then, yep. Uh, this one should be. Be easier for you. Uh, what referee leads the leagues in red cards produced? Uh, it's definitely Mike Dean. Yeah, Mike Dean was seven. Uh, Graham Scott is second place with four. Um, so Mike Dean running away with it, much like you uh, at our predictions table. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, uh, and then my final one is just, uh, you know, like uh, there's no right answer. Uh, if you had to get any specific West Ham tattoo, what would you get? It can't be generic. You can't get a hammer or like WHU or um, I anything like that. Yeah. Bubbles. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, bubbles. Um, um, I think you could do like, it'd have to be a pretty detailed tattoo to make it look good. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. Work. Yeah. Um. I would get uh, the guy who punched the police horse after Newcastle lost to Sunderland. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I'd get the, the picture of him punching the horse. That's, that'd, um, that'd be great. I'd love that. Where would you get it? Uh, 18 inches across my chest. Oh, that's, yeah, that's tough. I feel like that would be a decent thigh tattoo. You have lovely legs as well, so you could pull that off for oh, sure. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you've certainly seen like way too much of my legs um, nah, with the, just, the shorts I wear. 
would be the right amount for me. So. All right, Oscar. That concludes episode yeah, 19 of the Peak Too Early podcast. Um, please follow us on Twitter at the Peaked Number Two Early Podcast. Email us at Peaked Too Early Podcast at gmail.com. Follow Oscar at O H S C U H. Follow me at B M U N S H. Leave a review. Um, and yeah, anything else? I don't have anything else for the listeners um, other than thanks for listening. And Blake, I will speak to you soon. Yeah, enjoy your uh, 11 days off of no football. I know I need to totally to recuperate. recuperate. So, to rejuvenate. All right. I All right. sayonara. Goodbye. Take care. Bye. I'm standing. <laughs>